Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC discuss the used high horsepower row crop tractor market. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC discuss the used high horsepower row crop tractor market. Before we head over to Casey and Aaron, I wanted to thank our sponsor, AgriSolutions. AgriSolutions is the market leader in wearable parts, components, accessories, and solutions for tillage, seeding, planting, fertilizing, hardware, and inventory management solutions. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of in-field and extended life solutions. To learn more about AgriSolutions and their globally recognized brands such as Golota, Ingersoll Tillage, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. And if this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, let's get things going. Here's Casey and Aaron talking about what the row crop market's going to look like in 2022. All right, Aaron, the end of the year is rapidly approaching. Rapidly. Today's date is the 22nd of December, so we've got exactly eight days left. Three days till Christmas, depending on if you are an adult or a child, you got three days to Christmas or eight days to, you know, Think about what you're going to do the evening of the. Of the <laughs> there you go. So, so you have one of the two things happening. There. So one of the things. Christmas is a warm up for New Year's Eve. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we, we've been doing this series on kind of what we think is going to happen in 22 based on equipment. This would be part three. And in part three, we've thought we would talk about, you know, your your high horsepower, like your typical row crop, four-wheel drive, or uh, row crop tractors, and then all the four-wheel drives that come along with that. So. Basically, 300 horsepower and bigger is kind of what we're going to focus right. on right now. Yeah. Obviously, right now, at the end of the year, if you wanted to buy a real crop tractor of any kind, they're hard to find. I'm not saying they're not out there, but they're hard to find. You know, there's, there's out there, and you're going to pay for it if you want it, right? Right. Like we've talked um, here in over the past couple of podcasts, you know, we've, we've thrown this, you know, from November through into February, first part of March would be an excellent time to sell a piece of equipment if if you have the wherewithal to do so, right? And I, I still stand by that. I don't think that there's any any reason that any of that is going to change going into 22. Do you mean like it's going to soften after the first? No, I mean, it's, we still have that same. I mean, if, if there's nothing now, there's nothing. There's not going to be anything in January. Right. It's the same, right. it's the same thing. So you kind of have this. Because I think guys are going to be looking at planning, guys are going to be looking at spring harvest, those kind of things, and what they're going to need going into that. The only thing I can think of is this. I know nationwide there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of new tractors sold and not a lot of trade-ins. Guys are going to sell them themselves. They're going to keep them, whatever. Mm -hmm. That could be an unknown hidden supply next year. I think it could be. and to to your point, yeah, January to March, they're certainly not going to give up and be like, oh, my new one's here. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and trade it. I didn't get it sold. Right. No, because now the clock is ticking for the buyer, right. not the seller. Right. It's on the buyer yeah. in, in, today, in the real world. Right, exactly. So <clears throat> I think, to your point, it won't happen then, but it could through the year. Yeah. So I think... As I look into 22 and I look at the tractor situation, most most all manufacturers, right, have got this kind of not much in the first quarter going down, not much in more in the second quarter, even more in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, there's even more than that. Now, 
I'm not making this out to be like by Q4 22, all of a sudden, oh, we're gumdrops and candy canes, baby. We're back in business. Right, it's, right. And the reason that even if supply catches up, demand's still going to outpace it because so much of that stuff's pre-sold. Oh, absolutely. So much of those. So many Everything. If yeah. you're getting it, it is sold. Right. Point blank. Yeah. So it's all pre-sold. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where all I need is the new one to show up, and I've got this this fun game of watching the dominoes fall exactly to the end of the end of my trade cycle, and I'm good to go. Right. So now, as I, as you look out, how much do you think that quote unquote season of use is going to slide from what we what we're normally used to, what we've seen over the last five to seven years? An hour wise. So, are you talking like if you typically saw 300 hours, what's that? What's a new 300 hour tractor look like? It could very easily be drastic either way. I think it's a thousand hours. Oh, I don't think it's that drastic. I was going to say it could be 150 and it could be 500. Here's here's why I think so. If your new one is coming sometime in 22, right? It should have gotten here at the end of harvest, fall harvest, 21, right? So now you're going to have to use that all the way through all of 22 to potentially get that in third or fourth quarter. You're going to put another, you know, if you put five to 700 hours a year on a machine, if you've got your machine out there and let's just say you, let's just say you hypothetically, you got a machine late 21, June, July, August 21, and you ran it through your fall harvest. And typically you would, you would get your normal drop of equipment in that first second quarter, you know, time frame, that March time frame where a lot of stuff gets delivered. Right. Not going to happen this year. So we're going to be June, July, August again, maybe even into the fourth quarter, looking at, you know, so depending on where you're at, you could run that thing 300 hours in spring planting, tillage, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then you get into spring harvest, grain cart tractor, this, that, and the other thing. And then you get into fall harvest. And you put another number out. Yeah, because yeah. So I can see, I can see that three hundred hour tractor now is thousand hours. It, yeah, on that, and especially on that exact tractor because you're not starting at an interval. You're catching it in the middle, right? So you grab an extra, right? So that's where you're yeah. getting your hours. Yeah. I was just thinking of it as it's a three hundred this year. Mm-hmm. New one didn't show up. So should be your three hundred should be a six instead of right. a one year old three hundred that doesn't exist it's a two year old six hundred right so that that's one thing I'm looking at when I look at those those kind of things right there because like to your point had they got it in beginning of, of spring like they normally would have right. for spring tillage planting grain cart tractor on the on the wheat run you know fall harvest going in, into fall tillage and they're kind of using that thing. That's a, that's one course to you. It could be anywhere between five to seven hundred hours, depending on the size of the operation. Right. Kind of yeah. Like. So that makes sense. Possibly now you're going to do half of that plus another year to do all that. So depending on what you your scale in scope is, true. Yeah. You're, you know, eight hundred to thousand hours. Now that's going to be the new. In my opinion, that's going to be the new late model low hour stuff. I think you're still going to have giant gray area out there, and I visited it. Numerous times the last couple of days on these floating finish. That's what I call it. Floating finish. We're not real sure. It might be 100 and more hours. It might be 300 more hours. Well, then you're falling into different markets. And, okay, if it's 100 but it shows up with 200 extra, is he renting it? 
at that point. The, the, the numbers are adjusted, you know. That's the thing that lies out there on a lot of this stuff across the country. So back up. So explain that. You treat your tractor okay. 3,300 3, 3, hours. Okay. Yep. You're a 500-hour-a-year guy. Uh-huh. What you're buying is not here for half of a season of use, we'll okay. say. Okay. Now, that thing's supposed to show up. His new tractor is supposed to show up in April, okay. and, and he's a big spring work guy, but it doesn't. And it shows up in June for some reason. So it is the full season of use, the full spring season. The hour, the extra hours, that's what I'm getting at. That's, that's the whole point, the extra hours of we think it'll be this, but it could very well be a hell of a lot more. You know what I mean? It kind of had me lost a little bit. As dealers across the country yeah, okay, are waiting on new. Oh, you're saying like you don't know when the new one's going to show up and, and you're and you're trying to guess when the new one's going to show up and how many hours you're going to put on it. Right. Okay. Right. And that is between, you know, that's between the customer and the dealer. Mm-hmm. And everybody involved has their fingers and toes crossed and there you go. Yeah, that's my point. That's my that's what I'm saying is because when you think, I mean, delays have been an issue right. since 2020, right? Everything's been pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Oh, this is on time. And then you get, oh, well, you know what? We The flux capacitors didn't come in. Right. So we can't, we got to wait a minute. You know right. What I mean? Waiting on that stuff to show up and you get pushed back two weeks, right? Well, now two weeks turns into four weeks, turns into six weeks. Next thing you know, you're, you're two and a half months away from where you were right. originally. Oh, and by the way, now you've surpassed, you know, fall harvest, right? Supposed to have been here in August. Exactly. Now it's here like September 1, November 1st, August 31st, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And so those kind of things, you know, you think you hear that. I think now, I think this, this, I think this actually is something we should probably discuss a little bit too. I mean, when you look at that specific situation, the way machinery has, Month over month over month. Like, I did a podcast this other day with Kyle McMahon from Tractor Zoom. He was talking that on uh, row crop tractors from, I think it was row crop tractors. I got to go back and verify this. But row crop tractors uh, from like November to December or something, like whether it was October to November, November, December, it was November, December. Auction value and retail advertised value, because they, they're now doing retail stuff too, right. too. Right. Jumped 9% in value in a month. Wow. One month. Wow. Now, you put that in the, you think about that for a minute. Like, we're talking like, oh, man, tractors from a year and a half ago were up 9%, and we're over here going like, holy crap, the place is on fire. This yeah. is, so think That's about. That's a lot of damn dollars in one month. Yeah. 9%. Wow. 9%. So that means every $300,000 tractor that's out there, that's what, 27000 bucks. We'll do 30 for easy math, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean. Boom, 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 mean. Wow. That's just a month-over-month thing. So I'm not saying that December to January, there's going to be another 9% jump. Or, right, you know, right, or right. So on and so forth. But there very well could be between January and March, there could be another 9% jump. And do you think, I find that incredibly intriguing that both markets were the same, you know? 
That's proof positive right there. If a producer wanted, he hear you know, yeah. you, you got to hear both sides of the story. This is one of those things. Producer hears dealers went up nine percent November to December or whatever. You know, right. my I, my guess is it was probably October to November, mm-hmm. and just ballistic. Well, auction did the same thing, and that's them. Right, that ain't us. Right. There ain't a dealer buying anything on an auction because we can't afford to. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the funny thing, though. If you're if you're betting on the come here, right? And that's right. what we do, right? Right. For the longest time, we were like, okay, we're going to go out here, we're going to roll the dice, and hope to God that we get, you know, we make five or ten thousand bucks doing this. Yep. Dude, if you went to an auction as a dealer and bought something, making that that gamble right now, if you gambled that in November, you made nine percent December. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, that's, and that's wild, and that's a crazy. I mean, you you bring something in, you let it sit there, and you let it just you you give it a quick minute to kind of catch its breath there on the lot, and all of a sudden, bam, it's gone. You made nine percent. <laughs> yeah, you, know I mean? you could have had, you could see a twenty because that was another thing too. He said between the last six months of, of twenty one or something like that. Yeah, the whole of twenty twenty one over twenty twenty, the price of a row crop tractor increased thirty six percent auction value. 36% yes. in one year, year to year. One year. One year. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first I wanted to pause to thank our sponsor, AgriSolutions. To learn more, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Now let's get back to Casey and Aaron as they continue their discussion talking about the row crop tractor market in the year ahead. So now you start thinking about where... Oh yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that, and and that's and that's why, or that's, that's the other side of the coin. But that's it, the it's coin a that, huge gray area. Yeah, but it is so batshit crazy out there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but it does because at the end of the movie, that thing comes in 500 more hours. Right. Who cares? Thank God we have something to sell. But the other thing about that too is from the from the buyer's perspective is I want more for my trade. So I bet. Buy, let's do it, buddy. I'm going to give you market value for your trade-in, and now you're going to buy mine from And guess what? The trade difference is probably the same. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're probably still at the same place you started. What numbers right. do you want to see? Right. You got, you get your Look tra- good or your real? Your tractor now is worth 50 grand more than what it was. Right. The one you're buying is also worth 50 grand more than what it was. Yeah. So now your trade value is the same thing. But, but at the end of the day, your cost of operation went down. Yeah, because you got more, you got you have more for your trade, right? right. It's still same trade difference, but you're out from from overall, step one. Yeah. You just yeah. yeah, yeah, you just squeeze the equity. Yeah, you just made it look that much look that much better. Yep. You know, <coughs> so all things that I would absolutely financial make, statement. <laughs> those are all things I think are worth paying attention to, right? Now. Oh yeah, that's I've been giving that a lot of thought lately, just on kind of where these things how how do you how do you handle the situation. And what's it look like? You know, what's fair? What's not fair? How, how do you make it everything work like it's supposed to? And to me, I, I just think, you know, the new one's coming or the, the, the used one from the new one's coming or whatever it is. And I, to me, my personal opinion is you got to weigh those things when you're ready to do the deal. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, all that being said, let's talk about four wheel drives for a minute. Full full drive. Awesome. To me, they're the new row crop tractor. Sexy rigs. Yeah. Well, you're kind of right. Everything's so big. Yeah. But also, 
wasn't very long ago, and 300 horse was not a thing in a row crop tractor, and right. now everybody and their dog makes a four. Right. Yep. So now you start looking at row crop or four drive tractors. Four drive tractors are the one tractor spectrum that's out there that is love hate. Very much so. There's no real like rhyme or reason or consistency to to what yeah. they are. You know what I mean? Right. Because they'll take off and run and be wild and crazy for a minute, and you will sit there like, what? Why are four drives so? Well, why? And then I like, remember in the. In the seven dollar corn era, yeah, they were soft as hell. Right, you yep. could you could flop, flip four wheel drives all day long. Yeah, yep. why on earth? You know, and that's just the thing. Like they'll be, you'll have a three or four month run, four wheel drives. You can't get enough of them. Right, and then it's just like you wake up the next morning and they're like eighteen why, why months you, of what are, what are we going to do with this? What's what are, you, what are we supposed to do with four wheel drive? Right. Exactly. Well, I don't know. What'd you do with it before? Right. You sure wanted one then. The four guys that wanted one bought one. Right. Now what? Yeah. So now. And what kills me is they can have their hottest times in 350 corn and right. 250 wheat, you know? Yep. Yep. I think the where the where the four-wheel drive has kind of made its transition and things have started to drift around is, is how they're specced anymore, right? We talk about this a lot. You know, four-wheel drives have a... A lot of them have three points on them anymore. But they most every one of them, I don't want to say every one of them, but I would say 80-plus percent of four-wheel drives are ordered with a PTO. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking like, you know, the 8440 had its run where I think the PTO and three-point were a standard. <laughs> right. I've never seen one that didn't have one on it, right? But that being said, now, I mean, you have 620 horsepower, 570 horsepower, 600 horsepower, and they all of them have PTOs. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And yep. beforehand, people would be like, why Why on earth would you spend that kind of money to put a PTO on something like that? And wow. if they're two-track or four-track, they might also have three-point. Yeah. And my short answer to that is uh, 2,000 bushel grain carts. Absolutely. That's, that's why. 120,000 pounds of grain. Yeah. That's That's why. You know, welcome to the rail car. Yeah, exactly. What's that Australian thing called? Mother Ben. Mother Ben. That's yep. it, yeah. Mother Ben. <coughs> Those things are because what's it? It's like four thousand bushel cart on wheels or something like that. Yeah, but the wheels are just for when it's empty. You just park it. Right. So it's it's uh things like that. It, that's basically what it is. Is yep. a rail car. Right. So now you're it's looking actually at, bigger. So now you're looking at machines like that where I think they're going to get. Things are going to get bigger till they get smaller, right? And this rollout, like we saw here with Deer's thing on the on the on the internet the other day, they're rolling out January fourth an autonomous tractor, and it's like the way I kind of gathered from it, it sounded like it was going to be like a production thing. So this is going to be, you might win the bet, but I might be. That's all that matters. But I, but I, I might be two years late to the party. <laughs> I'm like the I'm like the machinery link. Uh, of of uh, betting on Thomas tractors, just a little ahead of my time. There you go. You know what I mean, absolutely. But when things start getting smaller and start moving into a, you know, more machines working in the field, autonomous. You know what else it is, and it's be. with the four wheel drive popularity. It's not just how how big, how wide everything is. It's how damn fast you got to pull it. That's exactly. where that takes a lot of power when you pull whatever it is at speed. And that's how everything is going. Right. High-speed tillage, right. vertical tillage, high-speed planters. Yep. You take a DB90 high-speed, and that takes ponies. 
Right. So you see those guys in like plant season. There's always a guy that rolls it out in plant season. He's got the nine RX. What's the DB one twenty? Right. Exact. You know. Exact merge planner. You know. So now you're pulling. Could you imagine that, dude? 120 feet of planter, trying to pull it between eight and ten miles an hour. Yeah, that's some acres, bro. That is a you're lot. Covered, of, that is you're a covered. lot of acres. Hope, hope that there's not a hill anywhere in between there because you're gonna have a, you're gonna have oh, an yeah. issue with eight to ten miles an hour, four to six. I hope every field is a section. If it's smaller than a section, I'd get damn tired of turning around. It would be, it would be a lot. I mean, just that would be. But you get some of that river bottom ground along the Mississippi where they just kind of just go. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal. But that's I get it. That takes some ponies to do that. Absolutely. Even even if you're looking at like you talk about high speed tillage. I mean, so now you're starting to look at the old rule of thumb forever has always been ten horsepower per foot. Now you start looking at some of these things, you go take that same adage and put that against the same deal. Not only does it is it woefully underpowered you're gonna need about twice as much horsepower as you did so if you have a 30 right. foot disc pulling it with a 300 horsepower tractor back you know in the old days or like five years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, old, the, old, the old sunflower 1436 around there you go you know get that thing out there and now all of a sudden that same disc now is going to require almost 20 horsepower per foot right so now you're going from 300 to 600 horsepower so now not only do you have a problem when you start looking at because that's the thing, like you can't just get one the, those discs are designed to pull fast. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say you can't the, get one. The word disc yeah. shouldn't really be on them, other than they do have concave blades going each way. But they're they're nothing at all what the world, you know, like the tandem disc. Right. And that that's probably the biggest thing that is that people don't always wrap their head around with. Well, I have a 30-foot disc. Why can't I pull that? Like, I don't think you can pull 20 down the road. They're also ungodly heavy. They're right. just insanely heavy. Right. So you pull that lead sled through the field as absolutely fast as you can sit in the seat. Right. And you're right. You If you put, go out, you take a pro-till out, and you go out there at five and a half mile an hour. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be god-awful. Yeah. You're going to hate that thing. Yep. You go out there at eight, nine. You have a whole different spectrum. Yeah, love it to death. You're, you're kicking back going like, man, I'm glad I got this thing. Everything, we're in a world, everything is 10 mile an hour. Yeah. That is everybody's number. Yep. Planting, tillage, eight row head on an X9. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> eight row head. Going 15 mile road speed through the head. To keep that yeah. full. We got really special gathering chains on this thing. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. So that's a pretty good jumping off point here. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you got going on, or just what you have hanging out there, what's the uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, you can call me or text me 308-760-1193. And I'm usually pretty active on the Twitterverse, but I got a new phone two weeks ago and I'm still locked out of Twitter. So there's yeah, that. There you go. I do. I can get on with my laptop, but. It's those Russian bots. Why would you do that? So 
exactly. No, it's because I don't remember any passwords. No, and that it wasn't auto-saved. It's or not something. like eat lamb or something like you that. You think. Woo! <laughs> 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 All right. I am uh, Casey Seymour. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to movingironllc.com, and you can find everything that's Moving Iron related. I've got the dates locked down for the Moving Iron Summit. Going to be back in Nashville again. The dates are going to be the 6th, 7th, and 8th of September. And it's going to be at the Hilton. What days of the week? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. At a boy. And we're going to we're going to get after it. But it's going to be at the Hilton Hotel there, right downtown Nashville. It's You literally walk out the back door and Tootsie's is across the street. So if you're looking to... Uh, Get together with a bunch of people, talk about what's going on in the user code marketplace. There's no better place to do that than the Moving Iron Summit. Uh, again, Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Hilton Hotel. I will have more information about that in the, in the coming weeks, how to get, get signed up for that. So if you're interested in that, make sure you pay attention to what's going on out there, and we can go from there. Okay, so with that, I'm Casey Seymour with my man, Aaron Fennell. Let's move some iron, folks. Thanks, Casey and Aaron, and thanks again to AgriSolutions for sponsoring this podcast. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. Find more from him in the print magazine and on farm-equipment.com slash asktheexpert. And you can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletter. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. On behalf of Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.